Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, hello, listeners. Okay, sometimes this happens where I do an interview with somebody and I'm like instantly love at first sight and make a good friend all of a sudden. And I love it. So my guest today is Heather Havenwood and we just did an awesome interview We talked for a little bit before the interview, and then I was like, okay, we got to get recording because you're so awesome. And then we ended the show, and then we talked for another 30 minutes because she's just kind of rad all over. She's awesome in all kinds of ways. She's kind of like the person that I would want to have as my mentor or somebody who teaches me. So if you're listening and you're looking for that person who can help like in the sales, marketing and those type strategies within your business and you want that person that's just like super fun, I think she's actually taking on clients. When you hear the interview, you'll see why I'm excited about her and why you, if you are looking for that, would be really excited to work with her. I don't know how many people she's taking on. I'm not sure if we actually address that number but I do believe she is taking on clients. You're probably just like, okay, who is she? Why are you getting all excited? You might already know who she is. I mean, she works with a lot of incredible people. She's super funny. She's got this like, just she should have her own radio show, but she does have a bunch of podcasts, but like, she's like somebody you want to listen to every morning. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Heather Havenwood and she's all about working with people that are experts in whatever their industry or field is. She works with coaches. She works with a lot of different businesses, but she works with the entrepreneur specifically on producing results. And that is in the marketing area, in sales, the really like important parts of your business, like branding and messaging and how are you getting across to your market. She calls herself a chief sexy boss. And she totally is. If you, if you see pictures of her, when you go to her website, which is heatherhavenwood.com and we'll show you other places that you can go to at the end of the interview. She's definitely hot woman, sexy, smart, super, super wicked, awesome in all kinds of ways. I mean, she knows internet marketing. She knows best like business strategies, sales strategies. We talk a lot about sales and I think it's important. And it's probably if you've noticed when there's certain things that I'm looking to do within my own business, I am like always trying to suck that information out of my genius interviewees because I'm trying to learn myself. And, you know, we're going through the process of when you're going through growth, you need to hire on more people. And so for us, we're hiring more salespeople, people in just different areas. And so it's like, okay, what's the best advice that I could get? I think I know, but I'm always looking to get more information. And so I totally picked her brain on sales and strategies and, you know, what has she done that works? What doesn't work? Who has she learned from? What's her experience been? How do you find those right people? And there's other questions too, like, hey, when you're trying to grow your business, like what are some of those best marketing tips? And And she has some surprising answers that you may or may not like. I liked them. Definitely like surprises you a little bit, but it's awesome. So all that to say, she's had tremendous experience building businesses, you know, in less than a year, just like from zero to over a million dollars. She knows what to do and she's super funny and I just want to hang out with her. And I think you will too when you hear the interview. So take a listen. I don't think that I 
told you where to go to hear her podcast. We may have talked about it, but go to heatherhavenwood.com and listen to The Win. She's also got a whole bunch of other shows going on as well. So take a listen, enjoy. I wish I could have gone on way longer, but you can get more of her if you go to her site. Hello, Heather. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Summer. (laughs) So we were just chatting beforehand and then I'm like, okay, we need to start recording because we're already starting to get into some good stuff. So (laughs) you're going to be such an asset for our listeners. I'm so excited. I know we're not going to have enough time to talk about all the things (laughs) I want to pull from you. So I'm going to make sure that towards the end of this, that our listeners know where to follow and get more information from you. Cause I'm, I'm already like, I want to know more. So yeah. <laughs> let's <laughs> dive in. You help experts. You yourself are an expert in so many different areas. I mean, you're just like the go-to for marketing and sales strategies. I want to go down that path because I know that that's a pain point for our listeners and really for any business at any time, even if you're killing it and rocking it, there's more things that you can do and there's more that you can learn in terms of closing more, converting Mm -hmm. more. So first, like, how did this become something that you became an expert in and are so driven to help people to do? That part's interesting that the starting, I think we all have, you know, our own little stories and war stories and broken bones, as I call it. Actually, how I got the start as a woman in direct response marketing, as you know, is kind of odd, right? Right. So I got my start because I started in sales at the young age of like 23 in a corporate setting. I didn't know what I was doing. I was thrown to, you know, the desk and they said, here, here's your quota. Here's your business card. See you. Bye. Like that was, you know, was it. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and here's some yellow pages. That was my favorite. Here's the yellow <laughs> call, pages. Call, yeah. call, call. Yeah. yeah. And so I did. I solicited. I walked into doors. You know, I walked in like no soliciting. I'd walk in. Hello. You know, I learned kind of the grind. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I really had no psychology behind it. I then was at that company. It was a big company, SBC. I reached the pinnacle. I actually became number one in the country out of 10,000 reps. And I was told at a young age, that's what you do, right? You work for a big company and you make the money and they pat you on the head and they give you a little bit and you're like happy go lucky forever, right? Yep. Then I got my little, you know, stupid plastic thing. $5. Congratulations. <laughs> you're number one in the country. I was waiting for my Cadillac. It never came. <laughs> you know, where's the Rolex, people? Right. So I was really wanting the pink Cadillac, to be honest. But I didn't get it. In fact, I got my walking papers. It kind of threw me in a lot of different loops. I was just kind of thrown like, wait, wait, wait. You know, the structure of how I was taught got broken, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of hung back for a couple of months and just had this, well, what do I do now thing happen? And the universe always works in its mysterious ways. And so my future got created on a Sunday by (laughs) seeing an infomercial. That's a great title for a book, by the way. My future got created on a Sunday. (laughs) That's actually really good. I should write that down. Yeah, it was a Sunday and I'm sitting there with my girlfriend and just got married and type of that. And her husband went to go get a beer and stopped the channel surfing and it sat on an infomercial. Do you want to control your life? Do you want to make more money? And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you have me. And hello. Right. So I'm like, right. Come to our seminar tomorrow at one o'clock. I'm like, yeah. Right. Dallas, you know, this whole thing goes, right? Right. So I go to my little one o'clock seminar, I walk in and they're pitching on some like how to buy and sell houses thing, $3,000. And I'd sit in my two at my two hour presentation, the guy in the front, you know, the pitch man, you know, you can see it, right? Oh, yeah. Sitting in my seat, I'm like 25. I'm young. And I'm a girl. So there's that. Right. I don't have three grand. Right. So they said, for your spouse, it's a thousand. I'm like, sweet. Right. So I, I like 
bust the guy next to me, stranger, Bob, Joe, Jerry, but I don't know his name. I'm like, hey, can I be your wife? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, sure, or spouse or whatever I said. So we went to the back of the room and I was lying, right? And I'm telling you all this because I think entrepreneurs, Summer, we figure it out. Totally, yep. I knew I was lying. They knew I was lying. They still took my money. You know, like they still took my did. money, right? But that's what entrepreneurs do. We figure it out. We don't always play by the rules. We're always like kind of figuring out, well, how can we like not break the rules? Just like move out of the rules a little, you know, we're always trying to figure it out. So I didn't know that either. You know, so I sign up for my little seminar with my little husband who I don't even know his name. And I come back in a week, three day event type of thing. And the whole time the people who are running the event, they're like watching me. Like, what's your deal? One, you're a female. Two, you're lying. But we knew that. We took your money anyway. And like, you're interesting to yeah. us. You're one of us. So I ended up, the guys kind of approached me and they said, hey, what are you doing? What's your life look like? I'm like you know, I was number one in sales and they booted me out. And they go, perfect. You're one of us. You're a rascal. You're a renegade. Cool. Come work with us. I moved to Orlando, Florida, and I started traveling the country for what I didn't know is the largest seminar company in the country at the time. This is right after Charles Gibbons is kind of dating me. Uh, okay, yeah. This is uh, Larry Pino. I don't know if you know that world, but he ran like Robert Allen Institute. I know all of it, yep. So Forex Made Easy, all these brands. And he was the largest seminar company in the country. So I actually ended up working for them. That's how I moved into seminars and events and direct response and Dan Kennedy and John Carlton and like, all the stuff that you and I no. Yep. I mean, I met Joe Polish back in like 04, 05 or something. I don't yeah. know. Something insane. Right. So I think that that's how I got thrown into it. I think entrepreneurship summer, I personally have a belief that the entrepreneurship journey finds the entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, we stumble on it more because we're usually kicked out of the other school. <laughs> and so we're like, throw, we're all thrown together, all looking at each other like, what are you doing here? I don't know. I just got thrown out. I mean, I don't know what you do. That was cool. It's like, hang out. Okay, cool. That's kind of how I view yeah. entrepreneurs. We all kind of know each other and we're all weird, right? So why we all like make masterminds and networks together because we all know, wow, we just are weird. I'm just laughing because you just created so many funny visuals. I love it. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, gaping void. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm totally seeing like all of this. Like I'm totally seeing the drawing of everybody just being kicked out of, you know, corporate or whatever of the the norm here and all just sitting there going, okay, now what? And then, you know, from that spawns all this crazy good stuff. Mistakes, too. But every person that I said the story that I got fired after I being our one doesn't understand it. People who are entrepreneurs get it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, that makes sense. You hit the top. They don't know how to deal with that. You're too expensive for them. You created a system that they can deal with. Of course, they're going to kick you out. People in corporate America are like, well, that makes no sense. If you're number one, they should keep you. Mm, no. no, actually, exactly. I broke the system. It's like the Facebook people, like they're constantly trying to break it. You know what I mean? Right, and then they break right. it. And then Facebook figures out, oh, we got hackers. So they, you know, everyone I know, everyone I know in the, in the online world, they're always trying to hack stuff. Like we're trying to like take it to the next level. And then before they figure it out, you know, that's just what we do. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, as I feel like entrepreneurs and people like us seek out a different type of salesperson or they seek out a different type of sales strategy. And like you were saying earlier in corporate, a lot of times, I mean, that's, it's, that's still happening. I hear from people when I'm interviewing for sales positions, I'm hearing people that are like, so my previous job, they just sat me at a desk and very similar, you know, here's the book. Here's the yellow pages. There's, you know, whatever the leads that they have that they're supposed to cold call. Here's some cards and that's it. Go. And I'm like, wow, that's dangerous, you know, to just throw somebody like that. But I want to talk to you about like sales and first 
what's the right way to go about doing it? What's the right way to that person? Because that's a pretty expensive mistake if you don't find the right person. So there's a couple things. One, you have to understand a sales person, I don't mean you, you, but like in generalized speaking, when you're hiring a sales, a good one, a good, yeah. good one, a good salesperson's kind of slick and they probably won't be your friend. Yeah, <laughs> They're not someone you like, I don't know, like, I'm a salesperson and I can see at people who are salespeople like, oh, you're a salesperson. You know, there's some kind of like, oh, I got it. And I, salespeople love to be sold. Salespeople actually want to come to you and go, sell me on why I should work with you. That's what salespeople do. They would do, come into the interview and go, okay, sell me on why I should work for you. Right. <laughs> and, and most owners would be like, excuse me, like, actually, that's a good salesperson. Grab them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they want to be sold. I'm the one, like, I, I'm seriously, I'm the person, I wouldn't got my car in the last couple of years, Alexis. And I know I already had the car, right? To me, like, I'm already a yes. But I walk in, I'm like, okay, Candace, you need to sell me on why I'm taking that car home today. You know? And she's yep. like, but aren't you? I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, no. You're going to sell me because I want to feel sold. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. It's what we do. It's just kind of a brief. I constantly in selling. I'm constantly in that space. Not from a, and some people have this negative connotation of selling. Selling is every communication, right? Selling is when getting on this interview and constant communication. It's like, it's moving things forward. Sales is the process of moving people. And it could be teams, like working with you. There's a team I'm working with, right? So there's not just you, you have your team assistants and who not. So I'm like moving things down the line. It's moving the needle. And it's not always one on one, especially in big corporations. You're usually dealing with one, two, three, sometimes a team of decision makers. So a good salesperson understands how to move the needle. Yes. Right. And sometimes the transaction's short. Like, so in the seminar, I'm sitting there, they have 90 minutes. They either can get $3,000 out of me or not. And then, of course, I finagle it and only give them a grand. Right. Because that's what I do. Right. But in long-term sales cycle, it could be six months. It could be eight months. It could be a year. Those are the high-level salespeople because it takes patience to say, okay, how am I going to move this needle down the line? So in a year or six months, we're signing this very large contract. And most, what I call immature salespeople, and that it doesn't have nothing to do with age, by the way. Most immature salespeople, that's too long of a wait time. They get fed on the high of the close versus the high of moving the needle. Exactly. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Those people that are really good, they get the high and they're good at it, you know, and that instant close. And then there's those people, like you said, that understand the whole life cycle, what it takes to build this relationship and, and that whole thing. It's very different. I know you're going to ask a question. That's fine, but it's very different. I was just having dinner last night with this total stranger guy, just to give you context. And the company he works with is big, huge. And I said, well, what are your salespeople? He goes, well, I only have people that have only been in the business for 15 years. I go, what's your sales cycle? He goes, a year minimum, nine months, year. I go, that's why, yeah. you know, the average like 25 year old coming out of college and you tell them, well, your sales not going to happen for a year and you've got to deal with like 15 people to be able to close a sale. Are you kidding me? Right. You're like, what? What do you mean? Then what's, what am I doing all day? What am I doing all day? Yeah. yeah. So that's why I started to interrupt you, but that gives you a context a little bit. No, exactly. I totally get it. I wonder, you know, is it smart to have a diverse group of salespeople? Oh, well, you know, let's call it, and I don't, I don't know if you're talking about specifically your company or other companies, but in our world, like it's called the consulting world, internet marketing world, e-commerce world, it's usually a shorter sales cycle, right? It's because you and I are dealing with these 
you know, $80 billion companies doing big data. So in the smaller sales cycle, right? So between, it could be two days, it could be three, six months. That's what I call a short-term sales cycle. So people are spending some kind of money, 25000 50000 100000 on a big project that they have to make sure that this project is a rate of return, right? So they're working with the draw shop or something like that. Okay, we're going to spend 25000 30000 40000 on a video more. Okay, what's the rate of return? How are we going to use it in our business to make money, right? So in that process, the salesperson kind of, I feel like has to what I call hold the space. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yep. If you're dealing with like the draw shop, I'm sure you know this. You have the person making the decision, you have the money person, and then you have usually the ad person weighing in. Well, is this going to work on Facebook? Or is this going to work on LinkedIn? Or Twitter? They're like weighing in on their view as well. You know, and so you're having to constantly, constantly hold the space for the different kinds of personalities coming at you. You have to understand the, you know, the psychology of the accounting person the psychology of the CEO, the psychology of the Facebook ad, where they're making their money and understanding that. And so a good salesperson holds the space. There's also what I call the setter and the closer in environments. So setter is really what it looks like in volleyball. They set the space, you know, and then you have the spiker closes it. I'm more of a spiker, right? I know that. I like the kill. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the kill zone. But I've had to learn to allow different personalities to say yes. You also have to be really attuned as a closer. You be really attuned to know when the talking is done and ask for the sell. And that's what I learned when I traveled the country summer. And you'll appreciate the story. When I traveled the country, I was literally living out of a suitcase 50 weeks out of the year. Yeah. Going to city by city by city, do city every week. And within the city, we'd have to like move within the city. So we didn't go to like LA and stayed in one hotel for three nights. It was LA, Orange County. We'd move. We yeah. literally hotel, hotel. It's crazy. And we either ate ramen noodles or we ate Ruth Cress, you know? Totally. Only time we knew what we were going to eat that night <laughs> was by what we just sold. <laughs> right? So we're like, are we going to eat ramen noodles tonight? Tacos? <laughs> are we getting Ruth Cress, baby? You know, like we, it, our whole life was revolved around the cell. So this is my first time where it was such a, it was such a, I don't know how to describe it. it. It was like either eat great or eat like crap feeling all the time. So you really had this desire. Now, here's a point. So here I'm traveling the country and I was on the crap team. <laughs> <laughs> so the A team was getting like LA, right? Yeah. Yo Dimba. We are going to Peoria, Illinois. Like, where is that? Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere. So we're seeing rooms still traveling, still moving, still doing all the same work. But we're in front of like 20 people and their booties are over there in New York in front of 150. Well, you know, your conversions are going to be more, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, how do we move this baby up? We had a baby speaker. And so I took on for myself. So I learned copy. Well, how do we make your presentation better? And the guy goes, I don't know. How do we do that? So I started traveling in my interim time and watching Robert Allen, mm-hmm. Ted Thomas, Marshall Silver, some of the top closers at the time. And I would just like sit there and take notes. Like, how did Robert Allen just like converge all these people into this private room and just close it for 10 grand? You know how they do yeah. that? So I'm like writing and writing it. And I would take back to our speaker, James. I go, try this. And then we get a little better. Don't wait, try this. We get a little better. He's like, oh, that worked, that worked. Let's do that again. You know, and we would just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. We're just, we're basically taking the VSL, sales letter, right? And we're just tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it. And we kept tweaking it to a point where we were all of a sudden getting 10%, 15%, 20%, 20%. And that environment's really high, by the way. So we were getting that. And all of a sudden we're like going to Denver. And we're like, woo! And then we're going to LA. <laughs> woo, 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 woo
<laughs> you know, so I really got the experience of that quick close and that high. But here's the thing I learned. I learned when to stop talking, stop selling, give them the pen and say, it's now time to close. Right. That's what you had to learn. Because if not, you just sit there in a cycle and just keep selling. That's the thing I learned quickly. It's like, okay, here's the pen. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your kids are great. Go ahead and sell. Okay. That's awesome. Where's your credit card? Yeah, right. yeah, go ahead and take your purse. That's right. Go ahead and open your purse. Keep opening your purse. Okay, great. Here's a credit card. <laughs> you didn't tell people to do. You didn't overcome that in your head. As a woman, I'd overcome that because I travel with all men. I mean, here I am, a woman. I'm like 30, and I'm literally telling people, yes, will you go ahead and open your wallet, please, and give me your credit card? That's right. Good boy. Okay. Let's <laughs> right. get your credit card. I'll be right back with your receipt, you know? And so those are things that you're not taught. You're just not taught that in society. You're not taught that unless you're just really good. And the other piece of that summer is that I've learned how to do it face to face. Exactly. It's not the easiest, you know, when we're looking for just anybody on your team, actually, but especially when it comes to sales. And really, I think of that, like, I think there's so many parts in your business that require that personality that you're talking about, that slickness, you know, the setter, the closer, there's all these little parts that actually close somebody. Yes. And they could be the same person, but it's rare. Usually the setter is a little more detail oriented and likes what I call pre-prepping. They're pre-prepping. And then the closer really is like, here's the deal. Yeah. You're either going to get on the phone with me and sign this deal or you're not. And that's cool. And like, I'm out, you know, so it's a very specific kind of mindset and they're not talkers. So closers, believe it or not, when I go into closing mode, I'm not in general a chit chatty gal anyway, but I'm not a chit chattier. I'm like, right. are we doing this? And sometimes I piss people off, you know, I'm like, are we doing this or not? How does somebody find someone like that? That's a burning question. You know, how do you actually find those type people for your business? You know, so here's a great question. I don't know how to answer that, but I will tell you when a business owner is looking for someone, it's usually you're not going to find you. Seriously, you're not going to find them. I don't think you're not going to find them from a Craigslist ad or something. You're going to find them when like, like recently I came across a guy, he was valet parking my car. And I was like, oh, you're good. Like I can just tell, you yeah. know, and how he is like, he's like, hi, how are you doing today? Da-da-da. Let me get that. <laughs> for you. Oh, no, no. I got this for you. You're good, ma'am. I'm like, oh, Hello, you are quite the sales dot. You find them in these weird places. That's so you know? true. My husband does that. There's times where we're like, you know, you're at a hotel, you're at a restaurant or whoever it is that's serving you. And he's like, you should hire him. <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? You literally only had a, like a two minute experience with them, but you just know. You just know, like waiters are a great one. I mean, I yes. wait tables. So waiters are a great place because usually good salespeople are a little odd. And they're not good at the streamline of life, right? the consistency, boring stuff. So they usually have like bartending jobs or at least for a period of their life. You know, so that's where you usually find them is, and they have to be with people and they're good people and they want to make money from, from their experienced people. Bartenders are a good one too, valet. Well, and they're so good at building rapport, which is so important. Yeah. There was one person I met. Where was I? It was a really weird place. Do you not remember where I was? It was like an airport or something. And the person was at a what I call a low menial job, meaning it was nothing great. But I thought to myself, wow, they'd be a really good salesperson. They're just natural. So and most natural salespeople are just natural, but they've never had like myself. I was never taught sales. I was literally thrown to a metal desk and said, go. You taught yourself just through experience and hearing no's and what gets you a yes. I had no clue what I was doing. 
I just, I was clueless. And of course I looked at my superiors, but I was natural at sales. My sister constantly is like, you're such a natural at sales. How do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it comes from my tongue, right? Really good salespeople at a certain point when they figure out they're really good in sales, they'll move into something that they know they can be good at. So the best thing for small business owners to find people that maybe don't have that confidence yet is to find them in really weird places and just be on the listening for like, oh, well, they're really personable. Hmm. I think so many people are looking for the background, the resume and all that. I don't like for me, I don't even I honestly don't even look at the resume. I might afterwards just because I'm curious. But to me, it's just like, I just need to meet you. I just need to have a two minute conversation. That's it. And you know. Yeah, you know, from sale and salespeople, they're motivated very differently. It's not even about the money, right? Usually it's more about the kill. Like I well, said, there's ego involved, which is a good thing when it comes to a salesperson. Yeah. Really? Are there like they love the relationship or they love the the for me it's a challenge. Right. right? The fact that I was 20. How old was I? 25 or something. I was the youngest. I was the only female in my entire office that wasn't customer service. Right. I was the only female salesperson. I was half the age of everyone. All the guys were 42, 45, married with kids. I was 25 and, you know, young and woman and blonde and kind of cute. So, like, I just didn't fit the mold. And so they actually had a bet against me that I would even last. <laughs> so to me, that's like, bring it on, babies. Let's do this. You know, I was there for four years in an outside sales. That's a long time. Yeah. You know, I was considered senior. <laughs> And when I got quote unquote canned and the reason they keep, people ask me why they can me. God, there's so many reasons why they can me from their view. But the number one view is I didn't fit the mold. I didn't fit the mold. So they let me stay while I was basically challenging them. But once I challenged them to a point where I literally rang the bell, you know, and I won the Olympic gold, then they're like, oh, that's great. Congratulations. Okay. Now you can leave, you know, right. so they don't want to be challenged that much. So just understand if someone is challenged, if someone loves that challenge, they'll probably rock the boat, you know? Exactly. I want to know, because this is what you're super, super good at is you're really current in terms of what are like good online marketing techniques. Can I keep you around like all day? Can I just have you like say that all day? Like you're amazing. You're great. I can I, play uh, like the summer I, thing. Like <laughs> someone needs to talk to me this morning. She's amazing. Like I can see to have that like replay in my head <laughs> all day. I'll just have it like blast in my office. I mean, oh, wait, I'll hold do on. it. You're, you're you so awesome. You have, such a, you, do, you have such a great presence and it's like you want to keep talking. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Um, I don't, yeah, can I, can I clone me. you for my team? Um, yeah. Yes, I, no problem. As long as I can do this summer, like I'll call it the, the, the summer uplift. Exactly. Summer saying she's amazing today. Every, every morning at 9 a.m. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you know, you know the smart ways. Okay. The thing is, is that people get stuck in things that work for their business. And then they kind of, you know, aren't looking at other things that they can keep adding. And you stay current, like, you know, what's hot in terms of online marketing strategies, sales strategies, how can you, you know, take the things that you do have, like, say for me, for example, a podcast, you know, how can you further market and what are the things that people can be doing that they might not be thinking about now? Okay, so I'm going to say something that's going to be really counterintuitive. Okay. <laughs> and probably piss a lot of people off in our space. <laughs> and I get it because I get the backlash all the time from my clients. <laughs> I love and adore if you're listening. And that is belly to belly, 
H to H. Yes, my initials are H, Heather Havenwood, but that's not it. It's H to H, it's human to human. At the end of the day, we haven't changed that much. So we do have VSLs letters now. We do have funnels. We do have ClickBank. We do have all this stuff. And we have iPads and iPhones and all these things and tech, 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 tech. And that's cool. And at the end of the day, nothing really ever beats belly to belly. It doesn't want to be in person, but phone to phone or conversation to conversation. So what happens is, is people are constantly waiting they're waiting for, is it okay to call you? Or can I call you? May I call you? Oh, why should I call you? What's the point of calling you? Just return to my email. You know, at the end of the day, you are still, you meaning businesses are still dealing with humans. Humans say yes. Humans write the check. Humans say yes, move forward, right? Technology doesn't. And so you have to get past that and go, yes, you can get all the leads you want, all the VSLs you want, all the funnels. But at the end of the day, for any kind of large price point at some level, whatever that is, 5,000 or way more, you've got to get people on the phone. Yeah. You know, got to get them on the phone or in some kind of a belly to belly environment. And a phone is a belly to belly environment. And one on one, not conference call, like, you know, like actually a conversation. You've got to move beyond that. And I think that's, it's like a big shift that's happening because when I started in like early 2001 traveling the country, those were seminars, you know, we didn't even try, people didn't even try to sell a $3,000 program on a webinar back then. And then it's the pendulum swung really hard, like 06, 07. Yeah. And then now they're just way popular. Nowadays, what happens is the more high tech we go, humans want more touch. And so it's the pendulum swinging kind of back now. And so if people really want to make the largest impact in today's world, do what the opposite people are doing and do what people are desiring, which is the human to human, pick up the phone, call people, cold call. I don't know to tell you, like warm call, prep call, whatever you want to call it. I don't care, but call. Right. I mean, I'm dealing with a client right now. He's been resisting me on this forever. And every now and then he'll break through a little and he'll make calls. He's like, wow. And I called them and like, now they're connecting me with this person. And now we have a meeting and now it's a potential. I'm like, what? It worked, you know? So no, it's so true. And it's like, most people are trying to automate everything. Uh huh. I mean, in some cases it's awesome and it's, it's really great. And then in other cases, like you said, there's that that's lacking and that you miss out on because people still need at the end of the day, that connection. And especially when they're forking out money. Right. When they're forking out something beyond, you know, it, it's here's always tell people it's it's very different when you're asking someone to say yes to a price point that's not their money. It's the company money mm-hmm. versus their money, you know, exactly. Different. It's very different. Uh, there's someone that I'm sure you know the person. And this is not a diss on them, but they worked for a company. I, they, I think they their numbers are ridiculous. They've spent over ten million dollars in ads on Facebook in the last you know four or five years, and so they have all this data. And now they teach people how to do it, which is cool. However, what I want to say to this person is go, but it wasn't your money. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it wasn't your money, and I bet you threw a lot of stuff to the wind. And it's cool. You got to have a lot of testing. And I say, congratulations. And that's awesome. And now people can use that data. But it's very different when it's your credit card, right? You know, yeah. or you're spending 10 grand on an ad. And you got to tell your wife or your husband, we're not going to go on that vacation. I just spent $10,000 on Facebook ad. You know, yeah. right, right. <laughs> what? What'd you say? And we're not going to Disney? What? You know, it's, it's a very different kind of feeling. 
when you have a business owner trying to build a business and they're, they're like, yeah, just throw $10,000 on a Facebook ad campaign. You're like, yeah. All right. Will it work? Yeah. You know, versus a person saying, oh yeah, there's that $10,000 on the corporate credit card. It doesn't even phase me. I still get paid. You know? So the point, what I'm saying is you just have to see the context when you're picking up the phone, who am I talking to? What's the intention behind it? And who's actually writing the check? If it's the owner who's like, this is going to hit my bottom line, you know, I really need to make sure this works versus an employee going, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. Well, exactly. It's like a, another paycheck, right? So they're like, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. We could do this and this and this and this and this and this. All these ads on their budget, on their dime. And again, that's great when you have that opportunity. I say power to you. But majority of the time when you're asking for a $25,000 or more or 50 or 80 or 100 or a million dollar contract, you're usually dealing with a CEO looking going, okay, well, you know, let's make sure this baby like turns that back at me. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a big difference. I think I'd rather what's weird. I, I don't know why. Maybe because I'm just, I don't know. I'm already weird. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I'd rather deal with the person who's it's their, it's their money than the employee. I don't know why that is. I'm sure that's probably a bad decision on my part, but I'd rather deal with the person with when they put three grand down, five grand, six grand, ten, it's like skin in the game for them. Like, oh, that kind of hurt. Whatever their hurt is, 10 grand, 15 grand, maybe 20 grand hurts. But it's like, oh, that hurt. Well, and it also feels more important to you too, you know, as the person, because you know what skin they're putting in, you know, how much it, it's important to them. It makes it more important to you. Yeah, it's way more important. It's, it's just, it's like selling, it's like buying, I don't know if I, if I ever sold cars, which I probably wouldn't, but if I did, I would want to, I probably want to sell, I don't know, Mercedes or like a Honda. I don't know. Cause I'd rather feel like a college kid, like this is my first car. I'm so excited. I've had this piece of S back in the back, you know? I feel like they would just be more excited about their first car than some douchebag like yeah it's my six thousands mercedes whatever like let's just go do this thing yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, just making money i want make i love making money and i'm all that capitalism and i just think it's that understanding of like oh this is like feels good it feels amazing totally yes who's your dream client are they coaches no so it's 60 percent men it's people for some reason people assume it's females um it's both what I deal mainly with is business owners. I've dealt with chiropractors, dentists, I deal with the guy who's starting a copier company because at the end of the day, I'm dealing with their sales and marketing side. Yeah. Do you deal with a lot of coaches and authors and speakers in that realm? But the realms I'm dealing with, they're already at like 700,000 to on their way to 1.5 million, right? Okay. They, yeah. So they're already at that point of like, okay, I've done this, got it got the book, blah, that's great. Now, like, how do I really scale this? How do I make this into a big brand company? And the beauty of it is I kind of pull from my years at Larry Pino. I mean, he built this multi-million dollar seminar company on information. Yeah. You know? All information, and yep. It, I've had the privilege to be there to see. he. It was very strategic and I watched how he would launch a product and watch how he launched brands and it was very consistent and he'd do little tweaks, but it was a template, you know? So I know how to build a big, big brand and I've done it before for other clients. I've what I call, I know how to turn a turd into a million. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad tagline, but I know how to just turn anything and kind of what I call clean it up and, and turn it into something that's more of a brand. What are the things that you're, looking at when you first start working with a client message market media what's their message is it resonating with their market what's their market is it clearly defined and what's the media got it are they using now or what are we going to change it to and usually we just i could stick with that for a year with a client 
Yeah. Because usually their message is all messed up or it's not matching the market, right? One of those two is messed up. Or they think the market's X and it's not one of those. Or the message is not in the market. All that. I mean, you spend forever on that. And then where really is your media? You know, where really are your clients? I know, I know. People say Facebook as, well, maybe that's not best for your business. Right. Yeah, it might be billboards. Woo! You know what I mean? Like, you, people get stuck and like, oh, only thing to do is Facebook ads. No. I like know. That's that's dangerous that people are doing that. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of mediums. There's a ton. There's this thing called radio. Yeah. You know? And, exactly. <laughs> and ads. And I mean, so I kind of get people out of like media is media. Media is media. And then we if we get the message to market, then we can move into well, what's the best media for that message to market. Right. Most people go, oh, into Facebook ads. And they go, oh, what am I selling? And they try to go backwards. I'm like, no, you start with the message to market. I mean, I built a $1.5 million supplement company in 18 months on radio. And the reason is, as is actually hailing to Facebook, it was a supplement company, it was weight loss. And Facebook is big on no-no on that, you know? And I reached out to all the buddies I know in, in that world who are like, they're just pretty much like, you're you're screwed. <laughs> it has anything to do with weight loss. You're pretty much screwed on Facebook. So I thought, well, let's go radio. And I went completely left field. And that my business partner at the time, at the time, oh, fought me like hell. No one's doing that. It's not gonna work. <laughs> okay, well then let's just prove me wrong. That's cool. Let's prove me wrong. And then you know he's still doing it today. And we built a very nice business from from radio. That's so awesome. Well, and I think I'm of the mindset that you've got to keep trying different things and testing. And there's so many different, I mean, you could literally add something new every month to what you're doing in terms of marketing. There's, you know, trade shows, there's radio, like you said, magazines, there's getting on videos on airlines, you know, there's so many different so things much. you can do. Yeah. And and people get locked into, like you said, because you can see the quick results of that. And so you go, oh, I'm just going to keep doing that and throw more money at that. But really, I mean, if you think of how much you're missing out on, if one of those things could work. Because not all of them are going to work for your specific business, but one of them could really do well and another one could really do well. So you don't know and unless you try direct, it. Direct mail. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it's almost work and it's working better now better. because nobody's oh, yeah. doing it. <laughs> no, it is, no, it's now when I get something in the mail, I'm like, wow, look at that sales letter. I know it's kind of fun. You're like, oh, I'm going to look at this. Whereas it used to be like, eh, throw it away. Now it's like, hmm, what are they doing? <laughs> I got solicited by Newsmax. And I, I'm like, oh, I got to read the copy. Yeah. Because it's really good. I know he, they paid a lot of money for this copy. Totally. It's so true. <laughs> so I like, I have it. I'm like reading it like, oh, this is a good copy. You know? <laughs> hey, I should buy the product, see what kind of list I get on. <laughs> exactly. That's I mean, so I'm so old school that way. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So are you even accepting new clients right now? Yes. Now, I'll tell you how I work. I only do one-on-one. Okay. I'm really weird that way. So I know that's unique. And the reason is, is because maybe because I've been around a long time and I've been around a long time. People come to me and go, I've bought this product and this seminar and this blueprint and, and so-and-so's blueprint and so-and-so's blueprint. And I'm like, well, those are blueprints, but that doesn't mean it's the blueprint for you. You know, like, I don't know if that's best 
for you? Do you know if it works for you and your business and your structure and your pricing? I don't think businesses always fit in a box. I do think that there's business models that work best. And I always look at business models. So I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the business model that you have today. Where do you want to go? And then let's find a better business model to fit for you and your lifestyle, focusing on those three things, message market media. And so I fit it based on, on them. What's always fascinating to me, though, is once I lay the plan out, it's what I do. I lay the plan out for them. Like, okay, here's the direction. Then they fight me on the plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. Like, why aren't we doing Facebook ads? I'm like, well, for the, your transaction value, it's not going to work, you know, or whatever the answer is. And, not, and sometimes I'm like, you need to do Facebook ads. But I think that people don't understand that when you do one-on-one, it really is more of a consultative. So I really work one-on-one. I like to do long-term clients. They're with me for a year. I work a lot with their sales strategies. And I work with them when they have to go into big deals sometimes. And I kind of prep them on how to close the deal. Let me send our listeners because you've got like so much good stuff. And you have your own podcast, correct? I do. Called The Win with Heather Havenwood. Awesome. Okay. I'm totally going to, I apologize. I haven't listened to it yet because I didn't even realize it. And now I'm like, it's added to my list. Thank you. Well, I actually have a media network. So I have Haven Media Network. And if you type that into iTunes, we have six podcasts. On our media network. Oh, awesome. Okay. And then I have two new shows coming out this year, but I've also, I launch people's shows, right? So I launch people's shows and they come on my network. And part of that process is working with them in their message to market media, right? Because the podcast is a media. Right. Their message to market media. So I kind of launch that particular media for people and then I help them grow it. So it's, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. I mean, I went from kind of nothing to 65,000 downloads in like two years. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) You need a course on that. I should. Yeah, you should. You totally should. (laughs) Thank you, Summer. I should. Okay, so best place, is it heatherhavenwood.com? It is. If you go to coachwithheather.com, it goes right to my calendar. Oh, nice. All right. I'm a belly-to-belly girl, so get on the phone with me, have a conversation. If you think it's a fit, great. If not, that's fine, too, but that's my funnel. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah, and there's so many people that are just like, why don't you just have, you know, where people just automatically pay, you know, or you just have it set up. And I'm like, "Mm, it's not the kind of business we are, though. You know, you're working one on one with people. And we know we have some competitors and that are pretty much have that model, you know, (laughs) by now. (laughs) Yeah, pay us by now. And it's like, it's a personal thing, you know, that you're talking about copy, you're talking about your business, you're talking about getting conversions. It's not just like click now and boom. (laughs) It's not copy cutter, right? I mean, I could probably create a blueprint. But right now, I really like, I like seeing results, feeling that result like oh wow you just like doubled your business like that's cool let's do that again yes exactly I'm like you the powwow I do like that I'm gonna steal that though yeah it is fun do it so you said coach heatherhavenwood.com coach with heather coach sorry coach with heather.com and yeah, then just heather Havenwood.com. Heather Havenwood.com. yeah heather Havenwood.com. upper right hand corner says work with heather and click on it goes Perfect. to the same place okay so we'll have and we'll have links to that in the blog in the show notes, in the email we send out. I'm excited for our listeners to hear this. Thank you for Thank having me. Are we still recording so much. now? <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're so fun. Well, I hope I get to talk to you soon. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Summer. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. 